Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Well, I hope everyone is mentally preparing for the week ahead because I don't care what industry you work in. There is a report that will be happening this week that you are going to care about, whether it's housing, whether it's the labor market, whether it's interest rates. It doesn't matter. There is going to be a report that you care about this week. And I don't want to say it's the busiest week ever. Because that might not be true. I don't want someone to call. Hey, actually, back in you know 1989, I don't know. But it seems like this is the busiest week every single day, except for Monday. Of course, Mondays are boring. <laughs> so there's nothing really happening today. But Tuesday, Wednesday, especially Wednesday. Holy crap, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Big reports every single day. And we're not going to start there. But we are going to get there here on the Monday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And yes, mentally prepare for the because it's been kind of a it's been kind of an interesting couple weeks. So the last two weeks have really been dead to start the week. Monday, Tuesday is really boring, and then maybe a big reports. But overall, kind of not a lot going on. In fact, a couple the last two weeks, I didn't even do a show on Wednesday because there was such little happening on Monday and Tuesday. This week, I may end up doing a show every single day because there is so much happening on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So we'll see. That's going to be kind of every day will be a game day decision on whether I decide to do that or not. So before we get into what's going to be happening, let's talk about what happened. At the end of last week, we got a big report, an important report, because it was the PCE report from the Bureau of Economic Analysis. This is a big one. This is the Fed's preferred inflation gauge. They look at CPI, but PCE is what really matters to them. And I will also note, economists get a lot of flack, a lot of criticism. They get a lot of things wrong. Their projections for this report were the best I've seen recently. I mean, they, they pretty much nailed almost every single category except for spending. Everything else, price growth, income, spot on. So little 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 golf clap for the um, economists <laughs> with regards to this report. So the personal consumption expenditures also known as spending, increased by $138 billion in September. That was a 0.7% increase from August and was the third biggest increase this year. So not the biggest, but a big jump that we are nine months in. So to be the third is kind of a big deal. Uh, economists were projecting a smaller increase. So still a pretty big increase of 0.5%. But this obviously at 0.7% was a little bit higher than what they were projecting. And if you were going to argue that spending was up, 
based just on price growth, that would not be the case because prices, the PCE price index only increased 0.4% from August. So you can't, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, of course, spending is up because prices are up and, you know, CPI is not adjusted for inflation. I'm assuming, I actually don't know. I'm assuming this is not adjusted for inflation, but adjusting for inflation, if it's not, because <laughs> I don't know, I probably, you know what I could do if um, I wanted to, I could pause the podcast and look this up and find it out, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Maybe I'll correct myself on the next podcast. So prices were up 0.4% in August and they're, they're now up. See, I could also cut that out. I'm not going to cut that. <laughs> I don't do that, you know. Live the tape, baby. That's how I do it. I sit down, I record, mistakes and all, it gets posted. I don't really care. <laughs> I'm not perfect. You're not listening for perfection. You're listening for amazing analysis that sometimes is going to have mistakes in my grammar or pronunciations or just the blah, 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 blah that tends to happen here on markets and mortgages. So prices are up 3.4%. When compared to last year, that is now the third month in a row that prices have held at 3.4%. That's not good. That means prices, they've stopped slowing. Uh, and growth is remaining steady. And that's well above what the Fed, where 2% is, the, is the, the metric that the Fed wants to see. 2% is what they want to see. We're at 3.4%. That's a problem. Now, here's what's interesting. Is if you remember at the beginning of COVID, when the economy opened back up, goods inflation was the driver of inflation. It was, it was, it was what was happening with goods, services, because of everything getting shut down, was actually probably seeing some deflation. Well, what's happened is that good inflation or goods inflation has slowed pretty drastically while this number, the top line number is mostly being impacted by services. So prices for goods increased just 0.9% year over year. Meanwhile, prices for services are up 4.7%. <laughs> so if you want to know where that 3.4% number is coming from, services, not Good. Now, economists did slightly miss the mark here. They were projecting a 0.3% increase, so a little bit less, but they did accurately project the 3.4% annual growth, which is now held for three months. So they did call that one. Uh, core inflation, core price growth slowed for the eighth straight month, but not a big slowdown, uh, with prices up year-over-year 3.7%. After a 0.3% increase in or from September, economists were right on the money with this. They said 0.3% month over month, 3.7% year over year. So they hit the nail right on the head. Uh, and then personal income increased by about $77 billion. That was up 0.3% from August and was slightly below the average that we have seen. I think the average is... 0.37%, so it's closer to 0.4. 
And so this was slightly below the yearly average that we've seen. You look at all the months so far this year, you break it down. We're a little bit below that. Uh, but economists were right on the money thinking that we were going to see 0.3% income growth. So this is no doubt, if you're looking at this from the Fed's perspective, we got some problems. Obviously, spending is outpacing wages. So people are spending 0.7% more while only seeing a 0.3% increase in income. And then even more problematic, we're seeing prices rise faster than the rate of inflation, 0.4% versus 0.3%. So people's wages are not keeping up with price growth. That is a problem. Now, the good news is it's mostly service inflation that is causing it. And if you look at goods, you know, that would be you know, like, you know, food and things of that nature, the fact that it's not coming from that area, you know, for the most part, people can maybe give up some services, but they need, they're going to need goods, right? They're going to need gas. They're going to need food. They're going to need things like that. So the fact that they, that the inflation is coming from services and not goods could be looked at as maybe a positive, but the fact that once again, core inflation is still up, at 3.7% year over year is also a problem. So this was not a great report. It's a good report if you're a business because spending continues to be elevated, (laughs) but everyone else has got to be a little concerned about these numbers. So the Fed cannot be happy about this. We are still seeing inflation almost double the target rate. That's not good. And core inflation, yeah, I mean, it's, it's even worse. So this is definitely not a great, it's not horrible, but it's not great. All right, that's how we ended last week. Let's look at what is happening this week because it's crazy. So Monday, of course, nothing. <laughs> I, re- I really wish they would put things on Monday. I feel so bad for Monday. Monday just gets nothing. Like every once in a while, it might get like a construction spending report or I don't know, like some weird report ends up on them. Usually Monday gets the shaft. There's nothing happening on Monday. And here we have, once again, maybe the busiest week that I've seen on record and or like I've ever seen. And Monday still doesn't get anything. <laughs> they don't get anything. So Okay. Tuesday, things kick off early, 5 a.m. Euro area is expected to show zero growth in the third quarter. So they're looking at the overall economy, GDP, third quarter GDP, 0%. Now that's not good. You want the economy to be growing. The good news, though, is I guess that could be having an impact on inflation, which is expected to slow the 3.2% in October. That's almost, or excuse me, that is bigger than a 1% drop from September. So it's going to drop to 3.2% in October down from 4.3% in September. And that would be the lowest level since August, 2021. And what's a little concerning is the U S was just kicking all the other countries butts when it came to slowing inflation. You know, we all reached these crazy peaks and then inflation in the U S fell faster than everyone else, but we've plateaued So much so that the euro area is now possibly doing better than us. We don't know because all we have is we just look, we were just looking at September data 
and in the euro area we're talking about october but it looks like the euro area could be doing better with inflation fighting inflation now however they're doing that by slowing the economy so their inflation you know their deflate not deflation but their their slowing of inflation is being caused by slowing economic growth we're not seeing that i mean here in the us we're seeing inflation slow and now we're kind of plateauing with a robust economy i mean what was q3 like 4.9 was it 4.9% almost 5% <laughs> yeah i mean the growth gdp that's crazy and so there is a little difference there. That, that's a very important distinction to make, that their reduction in inflation is being caused by less economic activity, so much so that they're slowing. Growth is slowing to zero. No growth. I mean, talk about both ends of the spectrum. They're looking at zero, or kind of the middle, I guess. Zero percent growth. Negative would be in the other end of the spectrum. We're almost at 5%. So very, very different, very different economies. No doubt about that. So that's happening at 5 a.m. Then 9 a.m., the gold standard when it comes to home prices. Case-Shiller, 20-city index is expected to show year-over-year home prices jumping up 1.6% in August. August, that's a little while ago. Uh, that is up pretty significantly from the 0.1% gain that we saw in July, and that would be the highest level since January, proving once again that the home price drop that we saw last year has now fully corrected, and we are now back to all-time highs. Uh, so also at 9 a.m., as always, when we get Kay Schiller, we get the uh, FHFA House Price Index, and then at 10 a.m., as usual, we get consumer confidence. That's expected to fall to an index of 100 which would be the lowest level since July of last year, if that ends up happening. So once again, going back to the PCE reports, there's no doubt that rising prices, rising spending without the subsequent income gains is consumers aren't going to be feeling very confident. So that does not surprise me at all. So that's on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, this may be the busiest day. Like, it's not just like there's a lot of reports coming out because there's, there's some days where you get a lot of reports. It's important reports that are coming out on Wednesday. So 3 a.m., we get nationwide home price data from the UK, which is not huge. I mean, I like to look at kind of what's happening in some of these other countries, especially, um, you know, bigger countries, countries that matter, and see what's happening with their housing markets because they're very different than what's happening here. Uh, then at 7 o'clock, as always, mortgage demand and rates. And then things really kick off. So 8.15 a.m., private payrolls, ADP, which I don't know why we bother looking at them anymore. They've been so inaccurate <laughs> with regards to their relationship to the non-farm payroll. But you know, those will be out at 8.15. They're expected to jump 150000 in October. <laughs> it's just What was last month? It was like 80,000 or something crazy. Then everyone, oh man, I wonder if this means non-farm. I thought that. Oh, I guess non-farm is going to collapse and then we get like 400,000 job created non-farm. So private payrolls from ADP, 815. Then at 10 a.m. we get job openings. The all-important JOLTS report. That's expected to show 
job openings falling to 9.2 million at the end of September. And job openings is an important report because it usually kind of your has been backing up what we've been seeing with non-farm payroll, where when job openings are rising, it means we're seeing a tight labor market because people can't find people to work, even though they're hiring. And when we've seen, because what will happen for companies is that what what do they do first? Usually a company will say, okay, I don't want to fire anyone. Contrary to popular belief, companies do not like firing people. So they'll say, okay, I don't want to fire anyone, so let's get rid of some of these job openings. And so that's why usually job openings will sort of front run what's happening with the labor market. Because initially companies will say, okay, we're going to pull back on the job openings. And then if they're like, okay, we still need to cut, then they start getting rid of people and not hiring people. (laughs) So you'll see jolts will show it. Then you'll see it non-farm, and then you'll see it in jobless claims. That's kind of the sequence of events. So JOLT is always an important report to follow. That is supposed to show 9.2 million. It falling. Remember, it jumped back up, getting close to 10 million. Now it's supposed to drop back down. But still, 9.2 is still pretty elevated. Still pretty high. Uh, then construction spending, that's expected to show grow. Um, or suspected to have grown. There we go. That's what did I write? Okay, grown by 0.4% in September. And then ISM manufacturing is expected to hold at 49 in October. And then the big report. The thing very dramatic with my pause there. The Federal Reserve, the Federal Open Market Committee will make their decision at two o'clock what they're going to do with the Fed funds rate. I mean, I actually haven't checked what the CME group Fed watch tool is showing. Let's look that up real quick here. Um, Let's see what they got over there. And (laughs) yeah, I mean, everyone expects the Fed to hold rates at five and a half. Uh, Right now, the CME group's Fed watch tool has uh, rates holding 99% chance that the Fed's going to hold rates. (laughs) 1% chance. There's actually a 1% chance they could drop rates. There isn't even, there's zero that they're going (laughs) to raise, that they're going to raise zero, just straight up zero. So there's more of a chance that they're going to be dropped than increased. So yeah, I'd say it's pretty good that the Fed's going to hold the rate at 5.5%. All right, so that's just Wednesday. That's just Wednesday. Uh, then Thursday, the Bank of England, Central Bank, well, is expected to hold their interest rate at five and a quarter. Jobless claims expected to hold, not a holding going on here, uh, at 210,000. And then mortgage rates, I don't know. I'll be interested to see what's supposed to happen with mortgage rates. Conventional wisdom would say, well, they may, they may have risen again, but we've seen some positive movement. What was that? We've seen, <laughs> why did my voice get so high there? Um, we've seen some posit- positive movement recently. So I don't know. We could see, I think it's like seven straight weeks. Mortgage rates have increased according to Freddie Mac. So I don't know. Uh, we, we, might get a, we might get a drop. We might. We'll see. Don't hold me to it. <laughs> I'm just doing purely unscientific here. Well, I guess kind of sign. I mean, I'm looking at the 10-year. 
So I don't know. We, we, we could see a drop there. And then Friday, the non-farm payroll for October. Drum roll is expected to have risen 188,000. <laughs> so still a very strong labor market. So it's a busy week. So like I said, you guys better get ready. Because I don't care if you're not just in, if you're in the real estate business. I mean, you're going to care about what's happening with these reports. I mean, these are these are big reports. We got two central banks, and obviously the most important, what's happening here in the U.S., but we got the Bank of England making a decision. We got Jobs, jobs Week. We got consumer confidence. We got home prices. We got what's happening in Europe. I mean, just there's a lot. There's a lot going on. So get ready. Enjoy Monday with nothing really happening. And then things will really kick off next week. All right, that's it. We are officially done with the first show of the week. And there, there, will, there, will, there will be more. There is undoubtedly going to be more shows. You guys enjoy your Monday. We will talk to you. Probably not Tuesday. Wednesday. We'll talk to you Wednesday because we got a lot happening on Tuesday. We'll talk to you on Wednesday for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs>